Well, good morning. I think, I think we're going fast because the Bears play at noon. Is that right? These Bears fans over here? No, <laughs> I'm joking. It's okay. The Steelers play at the Steelers play at noon too. So, just in case anybody was wondering. So, uh, it's good. Good morning. May the Lord's grace and peace be with each one of you and uh, to all of us as a church family uh, coming together in community to worship the one Jesus who is the center of our gathering and uh, uh, hopefully the center of our lives as well. Uh, not only is the Holy Spirit's, Holy Spirit's presence a gift to us, you are a gift to us as well, and your presence matters deeply here today, whether online or in person. It's good to be here. This fall, we are into our series called Church Forward, and it's been a blessed one thus far. We started uh, with really this, this first question of why church? Why church? Um, what is church? What's the purpose of church? Why do we gather uh, for worship on Sunday morning? Why not a Tuesday morning? It just, it's just it happens on Sundays, right? Uh, and uh, so we did that, why church? That was the first question. And then uh, we're into this uh, different aspects of, of the time that we actually do gather on Sundays um, when we gather together for worship. And we've considered or looked at gathered in song. So two weeks ago, we looked at when we come together, why do we sing? Why do we uh, have music? And then last week with our Illinois Mennonite Conference minister, David Miller, uh, gathered in health. Because when we do come together, we want to be the best, healthiest uh, versions of ourselves that we can be as a, as a collective group of people. Um, so that when we operate in our corner of the world, uh, we can witness uh, to our community regarding the love, mercy, goodness, and grace of the one that we follow, whose name is Jesus. So today, we gather in prayer. Gathered in prayer. And I want to begin with uh, the question, or just, have you ever noticed how much of our service on a Sunday morning is dedicated to prayer? Actually, the whole service can be seen or witnessed as prayer. I love how St. Ignatius of Loyola talks about prayer. Everything that one turns in the direction of God is prayer. Well, if this is true, then, you know, as we look at our, our, our ways of being together on a Sunday morning, everything we do can then, we sing to God, we um, are present to one another uh, in, in fellowship, and that is to God's glory. But again, as we look at our liturgy, the work of our people, we see prayer, focused prayer, throughout our time together. Uh, here's a list of just when we come together. Uh, almost every Sunday morning, there's prayer that actually happens before the service. It involves some of the folks who are um, helping uh, with their gifts on, on a Sunday morning. So we have prayer before the service, but then we also have an opening prayer. We have an offering prayer. We have this uh, prayers of the people or prayer and sharing time, which we'll do a bit later. The Lord's Prayer is part of that, and then a benediction. But before we get to these focused times of prayer as we gather, uh, I just want to have a couple just general thoughts about prayer, um, just in general, okay? So isn't the practice or the act of prayer just a bit odd? <laughs> uh, 
I mean, if I were to go to the mall, if I were to uh, sit at a Cardinals baseball game, if I were to um, sit on a park bench at Eureka Lake, and I began to talk to an invisible someone audibly, asking that in, invisible someone for things, for longings, for desires that I, that I carry, wouldn't that be considered a strange act to talk to someone who's not there visibly, right? Would you agree? Is this a kind of a strange thing? Maybe a word or diagnosis of schizophrenia might come to, right? Who, who are you talking to? I think of the beautiful mind, right? Um, I, I think the word or, di- yeah, yeah, schizophrenia, equally as odd, that's an individual, that's an individual, okay? But I think equally as odd would be if we gathered with others, like in, a, say, a small group, uh, maybe in a circle, and we all closed our eyes and act like there's this mystical being that's present to us, offering our prayer and petitions in the public square, strangers would look at that and say, hmm, who, who, are they talking to someone with their eyes closed? Isn't, you know, the, you get, kind of get the sense this prayer is just an interesting and sort of odd thing, uh, especially in the public square, uh, and I think increasingly so. Amen? Given the culture and uh, uh, just how things have changed over the years, right? So why do we as Christ followers pray? Okay, uh, th- this, this topic of prayer as we gather, or just prayer in general, it deserves its own series. Okay, So I, I won't be able to cover <laughs> uh, prayer just in this one sermon, but a couple of things that when we, uh, when we pray as we gather, uh, I think are important. So well, why do we pray as Christ followers? Jesus, for one, invites us to pray. Amen. I think it's a good reason to pray. Jesus invites us to. Uh, Jesus actually teaches his early disciples to pray, and that prayer specifically is part of our Sunday morning time together called the Lord's Prayer. We'll get to more of that in a minute. But prayer, um, I, don't know for, I don't know about for you, but for me, often I think, uh, I want to give you like this, this word picture or maybe a metaphor regarding how I, how I see my experience of prayer, okay? Uh, anyone know what this is? Well, if you said that's a parasitic wasp, you'd be correct. You'd be correct. You'd be right. Uh, this is the smallest known adult insect. These tiny wasps often uh, are called fairy flies. Males are wingless and blind, which I just find interesting. <laughs> Uh, and uh, they can measure uh, at its fullest growth, it's 0.005 inches long, 0.005 inches long. So obviously this is a magnified picture of this parasitic wasp known as a fairy fly. Uh, Next, anyone know what this is, right? This is an African bush elephant. It's the largest animal by weight in the world, uh, largest land animal by weight in the world, the largest, and I would argue the cutest as well. I mean, isn't that guy cute? No, elephants, aren't they cute? Anyone not think elephants are cute? <laughs> uh, so when I think of the parasitic wasp and this, this fairy fly, and I think of myself, I think oftentimes... Uh, if I were, I, I think of Eric as this this little old Eric, right? 
And I don't know if you can see this pointer. And so I'm just flying around God, you know, and then and then I land right there. Go ahead. There you go. There's me. Okay. <laughs> this, this is often the picture that I have about my relationship with God, specifically through prayer. Anyone else? Uh, that uh, as a firefly, you know, landing on this larger-than-life elephant's ear, God's ear, okay, and asking the elephant, asking God to do something for little old Eric Potter, okay? Yet if the elephant were to eventually move uh, at, or, or flick his ear, I could just, I could be gone, right? That this is the, this sort of this picture of my relationship with God in prayer. Um, in prayer, I often think, who do I think I am as a fairy fly asking this bigger than life itself God about my little concerns and my little requests? Who do I think I am? Anyone else in this camp? Yeah? Then I read this passage from Hebrews chapter 4. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess for we do not have a high priest who is unable to em empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we, we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Did you catch this? Approaching God's throne with what? Confidence. I, I struggle. I mean, typically I'm a confident kind of person just in life in general. Uh, but I struggle with this approaching God with confidence. With confidence. Uh, because as I or when I approach God um, with what is on my heart and mind, seeking to bring that all into God's direction, I can feel like that fairy fly on the elephant's ear. And also sticking with this, uh, this metaphor, what is true of elephants? They're huge, yet if you watch them, they are graceful and are gentle in nature. Graceful and gentle. And I think what is true of elephants, I think, is also true of God. Therefore, I think we have an invitation to come to the throne of grace and to be present to God and to do so with confidence. With confidence. Uh, some more uh, just general thoughts about prayer. The practice of prayer has a way of acknowledging or revealing that there's actually, there's actually more going on in the world than we can see. There's more beyond that which we can see or even that which is knowable. I think a prayer is almost like an admission of that reality. So also prayer um, for me has a way of just um, jarring loose or it's an invitation to let go of ego, to let go of any agenda that I may have for myself or for others. 
think prayer is a letting go of that. Prayer, in its essence, I think has a, it's a practice of opening up. Prayer is a practice of, of opening up, opening up a space for God to work, room for God to work. Because then I'm not busy trying to control everything. In prayer, I think we invite the Holy Spirit, um, the Holy Spirit begins to open us up to the possibility of transformation and renewal in our lives and in the lives around us. Also, I think what I've experienced in prayer is prayer not always, but often, has this mysterious ability to quiet my soul, which then opens up my will in submission to God's will. Um, and if prayer is primarily about submission, I mean, you could easily see why it's so difficult. Uh, it's difficult for me because it's not easy for me to consent to anyone's will but my own. And praise God for Jesus' example in the garden. And he says, Lord, Father, not my will, but your will be done. We need grace for this journey of prayer, don't we? Amen. In his letter to the church at Philippi, Paul encourages the gathered church there, do not be anxious about anything, but in some situations, by prayer and petition, sorry, by every situation, every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, Present your requests to God. Here we see the practice of prayer as a tool to help combat any sort of striving or anxiousness in our lives, either individually or as a church. And I have to ask you, is there any anxiety out there in the world? Any striving in this great land of America? Yeah. I want to call to our attention what Paul does here in his exhortation to the church. He says, by prayer and petition. What? Aren't those the same? By prayer and petition. It seems for Paul that these two things are actually separate ideas. Prayer and petition. Uh, if we look at prayer, um, I think this is a very first important step. For in so doing, in so praying, there is a letting go. There is an acknowledgement or an admission that we're going to give up control of a situation and releasing it to the reign and the will of God. And prayer is an opening up. It's a letting go. Then when that happens, prayer, then, and petition. Petition. We can now make our, our petitions and ask for our desires and longings in relationship to the author of our lives, in relationship to God's will. So why does this large elephant, this God figure, uh, the God of the universe, choose to be attentive to our petitions and our intercessions of prayer? I, simply, I think it's simply because his children ask. I think God the Father is delighted in our asking. God's heart is touched 
when we bring our desires, our longings to God. I think he's touched. Now, I'm a father as well. Sometimes requests come my way, and I'm anything but touched. <laughs> I'm like, no, I already said no. I already said no. I, you know, right? So sometimes, but not so. I think not so with our Heavenly Father. I think there's just a delight in his children, in that relationship. Because there's going to be a day when the kids grow up and become on their own, and they're going to stop asking me for anything. And I'm going to long that they did so. You know what I'm saying? You got, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Right? There's going to be that day. And there's going to be a different kind of relationship that I have then with, with my child, who's no longer a child. But with God, our Father, he wants that relationship from birth to resurrection. Okay? Um, so I think that God just delights in our longing in our, our requests, our petitions, our intercessions. So again, with our service, so gathered in prayer, gathered in prayer. Why is it that we pray in these, these walls here in the context of our worship service? And so we look at the opening prayer. I love the opening prayer. Uh, oftentimes it's used to set the framework, framework for our time together, often calling us to awareness. It calls us to an awareness that where two or three are gathered in Jesus' Jesus's name, God is present with us. I think this opening prayer serves to awaken us. It's like a cold splash of water to the soul. Opening prayer. And then a bit later, we'll have an, an offering prayer. And we had that this morning. Uh, and this can take many forms or ideas, but it's essentially it's asking the Lord to use these offerings for God's kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven, calling to mind that we are participating in God's ongoing work of reconciliation, redemption, and restoration of all things. So even in that prayer, in the offering, it's, it just calls us to, it's a reminder that as we bring our offerings, we are participants in on, uh, God's ongoing work. And then we come to the prayers of the people, or sometimes it's said, uh, prayer and sharing in our bulletin. And I just want to pause and just highlight this aspect of Sunday morning. Uh, I've been a part of many churches, uh, a lot of different denominations, different geographical places as well. This is unique. This is very unique. Um, until coming here four and a half years ago, I cannot recall a time where a church passes a microphone and those willing to, wanting to, longing to share what is happening in their lives or in close friends or family or something that's happening in the world, it is spoken and it is shared and then also then received by this congregation. This is unique. Oftentimes when Miley and I have friends or family who come to visit and they'll be a part of our worship uh, service on Sundays, 
uh, on the right ride home or over lunch. Man, how unique. It seems like your church is really for one another. And it really seems that this church is in this journey of life and faith together. And so it's just a gift that I, I see that this church has that is just not common in, in other places. And uh, I just, I'm deeply grateful for it. I'm deeply grateful for it. So um, this prayer and sharing time, uh, so we passed a microphone, and, and it could be a praise, a thanksgiving, a petition. A petition is, so we're naming something that's maybe true of our own lives. We're petitioning, right? Or it's an intercession. It's prayer on behalf of others. And it's always given within two to three sentences, right? <laughs> you know, as we pass the microphone. Uh, but then after it's shared, we often say, Lord, in your mercy, yeah, hear our prayers. This is our way of submitting our needs to our, to our Father's care, then agreeing on it together as a community. So I just kind of, you remember the parasitic wasp? Like, if it's just me, I'm just one little .005 inches long on God's ear, right? But imagine, you know, all of us buzzing around, <laughs> right, in God's ear, <laughs> right? And then it flicks his ear. And, oh, no. But, you know, I guess strength in numbers, I, I don't know. But, at, but agreeing together in community is just, it's just uh, there's something mystical about that. And uh, I, I just love that we get to do that as a community. So, um as we intentionally pause in our worship service to offer these prayers and petitions. Um, and in so doing, I think this space then is recognized as a sacred space. A sacred space for the inbreaking of the kingdom of God. This focused time of prayer is, is part of our liturgy, part of our time together. Why? Because I think it highlights the reality that we are called and that we are a chosen people who exist not just for our own benefit. Look at us, God's people. How neat are we? It's not for our own benefit. But it is also for the sake of others. For the sake of others. Um, our time of prayer and intercession as a called people of God it's for the purpose is for purposes of lifting up the needs of others, caring for all of creation. As we pray for one another and the world, we as the gathered church in prayer, we are a royal priesthood, praying in the context of our worship for the sake of the world. And we look not only to our own interests, but also to the interests of others, be it our neighbors the poor, the marginalized, the oppressed, and I dare say our enemies as well. So we, in our, in our prayer and sharing time, we are seeking justice and the flourishing that is shalom for all people. All means all. 
I don't, know, I don't know about you, but when we gather for worship on a Sunday, it's understood that God is with us and that God is for us. That God is with us and God is for us in the context of our singing, the context of our fellowship, the context of our prayer. Yet, it's in this very practice of prayer in our service, it also reminds us that God transcends our gathering. That God exists outside of this time and this space. And yet, as attentive to the concerns and intercessions we bring as God's people throughout the week. We come here and we practice so that we can come here and practice next week. No. We come here and we practice so that we then do that outside as well. At the end of our prayer and sharing time, we conclude with the Lord's Prayer which is just the perfect way to to end that time of our prayers, our intercessions, our petitions. It's the perfect way because I think the Lord's Prayer embraces all things and embraces everything. From the coming of the kingdom, which is a big idea, to the provision of daily bread. It's large things and small things, material things, spiritual things. It's inward-facing in the prayer, but it's also outward-looking. It's truly an all-encompassing prayer. And I think it's with really good intention that we have it every Sunday. So I'd like to highlight just a couple of these ideas from the Lord's Prayer. Jesus is teaching his disciples to pray, and it starts with, Our Father. Our Father. Sorry. My Father, who art in heaven. No, it just doesn't sound right. Our Father. So immediately, it joins people together in submission to God. It calls us together as God's children in a ready stance to disrupt the forces of evil in the world, not as individuals, but as a group of people armed with love, grace, and mercy. Early growing up, as recited the Lord's Prayer, our Father who aren't in heaven. I always thought it was aren't. <laughs> that was weird. But it's art in heaven. <laughs> art in heaven. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just, okay. But this, this, God is where? It's in heaven. Well, this reminds me of the Hebrews text from earlier. The throne of grace comes to mind again. This, again, is a submission to an authority that is over all of creation. Jesus then invites us to say, hallowed be thy name. Another way of saying this, let your name be holy. Hallowed, holy, honored. I think this is, namely, is about trust. It's about trust. It's about trusting in God's perfect and pleasing will. It can be trusted, brothers and sisters. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. These words articulate well what a pure heart's desire is. Um, it, it serves as a pledge and a commitment to partner with one another as we as a church partner with God in God's ongoing work in the world. Here we are formed and shaped by his will, and we are invited to become part of something that is bigger than ourselves, and then we begin to see ourselves as, God, as part of God's mission in the world. What, 
when we use words like kingdom, your kingdom come, we can't pass over that. Because if there's a kingdom, that means there's a king. There's a king. And we pray for that kingdom to come. And most days it just doesn't it just doesn't feel like that. Amen. But when we pray for the kingdom to come, we're opening up a space for God's presence to become manifest and visible. Your kingdom come. This past Tuesday, I was at a cross-country meet. What are these things coming out of my eyes? I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I was at a cross-country meet. And uh, this is off script. I didn't. This is. Uh, at the end of a race, there was a gentleman who had, it was hot, and had fainted, collapsed, was laying on the ground by the finish line. And. Hopefully this no, this will work. <laughs> this is off script, uh, but there's a lot of people there. A lot of people gathered, cheering on their sons and daughters and one another on. And uh, this guy's in need of attention, and so they called the ambulance. And the ambulance is in a parking lot. This is Donovan Park in Peoria. The the ambulance has to leave the parking lot and make its way a good distance to the finish line. And, uh, but there's lots of people in the way, kind of scurrying about, not really even seeing that the guy has fainted or that the, the ambulance siren wasn't on or anything. It was just like, how's that going to get over there? And so then you had the race officials come, and, and they're like, just, just like, shooing people out, it's just like, because we need to make it pass, and they're, they're yelling, and they're screaming, and they need to create, why, why am I crying, I don't know, they need to create space, room, they need to create room for God to work, and it was just a picture of when we pray, we slow down, and we get all that activity and we slow down, and we just need to, as we pray, as we come together in, in service, and a Sunday morning is like a, just, just get out of the, because we need God, we need to create some, some space for God to come into a, and to attend to the needs of this person, right? And, yeah, so, so they create the space, and this guy seeks, gets his help that he needs, and they take him, and I think he's okay. Um, but I just see that as a, as a, what we do in prayer. We're just, we're opening up um, that physical space, and then, but also I think this happens in our hearts as well when we pray. It just gets that clutter, gets everyone out of the way, and it's just really, okay, God, Lord, what is it that you desire to do in me as an individual, but then as a church, as a church family, as we make it a prayer, uh, you know, we pray often before a meeting that happens. 
uh, that happen in the church, and it's just it's just like creating for God to uh, that space for God to work. That was off script. Hopefully, it made sense. I don't <laughs> I don't know, but uh, yeah, for God's presence to become manifest and visible. And then um, we close with this benediction, and this benediction is simply it's a prayer of blessing to go forth to go forth and to put into practice out there what you have practiced or received in here. So let us continue, church, to be faithful in prayer, both uh, within the context of our worship as well as um, after when we receive this benediction and we return to our world to witness to the one in whom we pray to, and that is Jesus. Amen.